cliffcentral.com. Mandat Sifolaro, who is the host of um, Leadership Books Unpacked. Mandat, it's nice to have you on, finally, after all this time. How are you doing? Good, how are you, Gareth? I'm good, man. First of all, uh, congratulations on another incredible season of your podcast, which has been called Leadership Books Unpacked. And you've looked at incredible stuff there. You've, you've unpacked so many books for us. You made it easy for us. I've told you, or I, I've told the, or the audience, I don't read business books. I find them extremely boring. But what you've managed to, no, seriously, what you've managed to do, though, is you've managed to make them interesting, and you've managed to take all the important stuff out of them so that I can listen to your podcast. I don't have to read these horrible, godforsaken books. <laughs> Yes, uh, uh, thank you. So, so I, I guess uh, I guess I find them super interesting, and uh, you know I wish everyone uh, could read them. I wrote one recently as well, so so yeah. Um, I think that was the whole idea that most people, you know, would like to sort of get the insights from these books. Uh, just latest thinking on leadership, strategy, you know, innovation, design thinking, sure. creativity, etc., etc. But, you know, maybe they're packaged in a way that uh, might not be ideal for them. So we thought, okay, let's make it easy and unpack them every Friday. Well, what's cool about this, too, is it's about efficiency, right? Um, yeah. you, you, I might not have time to read a 300-page book, but you, you will, yeah. and you'll get someone else in. Often you, you'd have Mobile uh, or someone else on the show with you to yeah. unpack these things. Then you guys would be able to yeah. lay it out for me in you know, a much shorter period of time, and I'll get all the main points without having to read. If, yeah. I, if I do find it fascinating, then I can always go and pick up the book myself. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think, you know, the idea is not to replace the books, right? You know, the authors have, you know, put in a lot of hours to, to write these books, but to draw insights and potentially, if, you know, one of these books makes sense, you know, you may want to go grab a copy. Right. Um, but, you know, fundamentally, I'll tell you a story. So why I love books, right? So when I was very young, I think in high school, up in Bopo, you know, you know, terrible poor conditions. And classmates won a book by John C. Maxwell called Your Roadmap for Success. So somehow it's in the class, I pick it up, I, I read the book. This stuff is fascinating for me at least. I rewrote the book uh, in, in my own minute book before I said it back. Wow. Um, and, and the insights that were there truly kind of sort of, Change my life if it were. So, so since then, I've always been a, a big fan of. Well, I mean, books. so I can see all these books on the shelf behind you, and and I'm sure people ask you the same thing. They're like, "Oh, do you actually read all those books?" I mean, why else would you? Why, <laughs> why else would you keep books? Um, I remember, <clears throat> and then people say to me, "Oh, well, you've got all these like uh, reference books and encyclopedias." I'm like, "Yes, that's what I grew up on. If I didn't have that stuff, yeah. I wouldn't know anything." That I know now. I mean, I yeah. used to read from cover to cover and discover all sorts yeah. of stuff that there's a little island off of Alaska that's half owned by Russia and half owned by America or that there is um, there's some kind of, uh, of, of confusion around whether or not the subatomic particle is real or where it's just theoretical. These are the kinds of things that you learn yeah. only by reading books. And I'm, I'm afraid even with the, profici- the, the profusion of information yeah. that is now available thanks yeah. to the phone – People aren't looking up that stuff. They're just scrolling through Instagram instead of actually learning things. Yeah. No, I, I, I worry. You know, I, you know, I believe in long ideas. Um, and I think that more and more, you know, we're just drawn to a tweet. 
Um, and then we just scan through that and, and then we move on. Um, and there's just something profound about, you know, just staying with the subject for a little bit longer. Um, and these long ideas, largely most instances, are sort of bound in these, in these books. All right, so Amanda, let's, let's just go into your story a little bit because I think a lot of people want to know a bit about you. You are currently yeah. the, I mean, you're a, you're a strategist, you're an innovator, you're a leadership coach, and yeah. you're the CEO and the founder of Superlead Advisory, which is exactly that. It's a consultancy. Um, yeah. And you're also um, a, a faculty at the, you're one of the adjunct faculties at the Gordon Institute of Business Science. So, you know, you're no fool. You're like a proper, you're the real thing. Because, I mean, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, we're an advisory group, but you don't actually know. And Gordon Institute of Business <laughs> Science, that's not messing around. Like, that's, that's one of the top schools in the country. Um, and you're also yeah. an executive coach. And you've been named yeah. one of the Mail and Guardian's top 200 young South Africans and also the Junior Chamber International's top 10 young persons in South Africa. You, um, yeah. you're, you're, you're really an expert. And you're also a triathlete, which is interesting. So if people don't know that, but tell us a bit about where you come from and kind of how you grew up. Cool. Uh, so um, I was raised up in Venda, uh, Limpopo, in a village called Begwa. Um Raised by a single mom, you know, raising the three of us. He used to be a, a domestic worker, um, you know, any 300 in a month. Um, through sort of reading and studying and all of that, I was lucky to get sort of five distinctions in the trick. Went to go study chemical engineering at UCT. Came back, worked a little bit as an engineer, then pivoted after doing a postgraduate diploma in management to go be a strategy consultant. Worked at Deloitte as a consultant, worked at McKinsey. Sure. Uh, then sort of had a corporate journey at MTN. Uh, I was an executive discovery. Uh, GM of operations at One Life. And just before I left to run Super Lead full time, I was head of Dow Direct Insurance. And um, towards the end of 2019, maybe maybe some of us can try this. Towards the end of 2019, I'm feeling a little bit like a like a tension inside. You know, I'm passionate about this leadership and just advancing leadership excellence um, through coaching and consulting. And, and also, I'm doing well in corporate. You know, we're doing well. We're mm-hmm. doing awards. And things are going well. So I did a silence retreat. I don't know if any of you have ever tried one of those. Went away for four days. And um, with no phone, nothing, you got this little sort of room to yourself. And just, you know, a pen and, and paper, and you can walk around. Um, four full days when I came out of there, I was scared. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to set up this. Uh, this business that I run to do consulting, coaching, and facilitation. That's a lot to absorb. So first of all, you are a young professional. <laughs> I mean, uh, like we were looking for the definition of young professional. I mean, to go from engineering to insurance to executive leadership stuff. I mean, this is a this is a lot of change in a in a in a very short time. I'm also yeah. <clears throat> I'm fascinated by the silent retreat thing because I've heard about this, but I I don't know a lot about it. So did you have, in those four days, some kind of aha moment that was like, oh, this is what I need to do with my life? <laughs> uh, so uh, let me start a, a little bit with the cabbage to, to consulting. I think that, um, you know, growing up in the village, at least for my case, you know, I know I'm good at maths and science and chemistry. You don't quite know exactly what you want to do. It, 
at least for me, and there's very limited career guidance, as you can imagine. So you take on a Kemenj, you know, degree, uh, largely because there was a bursary for it, um, and also because I was I was good in chemistry. But I've never seen a chemical engineer in action, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you can just imagine this stuff. So anyway, took that that path, and then then realized very quickly this this is great. I can do it, but it's not fully me. And I often find people, even as a coach, who took a path early on, and they know it's not fully them, mm-hmm. um, and they don't sort of you know, push through and, and kind of admit that, hey, I told everybody I'm a chemical engineer, I'm passionate about chemistry, um, but I maybe not quite. So, so that's why I kind of went through a long meandering road to sort of eventually find myself, you know, uh, to where I'm at. And, and I, you know, I encourage people everywhere to say, hey, you may have studied accounting and those numbers bore you to death. Uh, so, you know, go out there and figure out how to, to do something. And the first thing might be wrong. The second thing might be wrong. Eventually, you might, you might land at, you know, something that works for you. Wow. So that's the first part. Let me pause there and I'll come to the silence retreat. It's amazing. Um, have you ever done a silent retreat, Candice? Uh, you're on mute. You would assume I have, um, and <laughs> I'd to, like to pretend you, I have. You just did a sil- no. you did a silent retreat before you switched your mic back on. That's <laughs> I know, I know the irony. Yeah. So what what happens what happens in these silent retreats? You say you just stuck it you stuck in a room with a piece of paper and a pen. I know people who'd go crazy. <laughs> I know people who'd go crazy if you did that to them because without their phone they'd be like, oh my god. I'm missing out on everything. What if there's an emergency? You know, we've forgotten how to be alone and how to be silent. Yeah, so so it's fascinating, right? So day one, you day one was amazing because so my phone is off. You know, I don't have all the noise in the bar, so I couldn't sleep, right? Just just a rest, uh, and I was tired. You can imagine towards the end of the year, mm. so that was fine. Not day two, I'm rested. So I'm like, what do I do now? And then there's just nothing. So You've got you've got your room. You've got you know a piece of paper as you call it, and then you can walk around outside, right? You can just sit, just bask in the sun. You can you know they've got all these things, and you've got trails. You can, and then you just there's just nothing, and then you start to miss everything. Day three, it gets horrible. You miss the sound of I don't know TV, like Nzanzi for sure. You know stuff that you never watch. Day four, you know, almost sort of all the noise and the and the and the, and the and anxiety and what could be going wrong starts to silence a little bit, and you you almost like face to face with yourself, wow. and that's when I kind of say, you know, what do I really want to do with the next I don't know how many years ahead of me? Uh, you know, at work, you know, there's expectations of me, um, and at home, people expect something of me. My peers, you know, have a view of who I am. You know, I was able to just like silence all of that and just kind of say, you know, what makes sense for me? What will I wake up excited to do every day? And then, then, um, then I went. Uh, I, then I, then I realized that you know, I'm passionate about leadership. I want to help people lead better. So here's a here's a funny one. So I, I go tell my boss, uh, group CEO, to say I want to resign. Um, and we go through this long back and forth, and they're like, no, you're not going. But but towards the end, it's, it's kind of saying, you know, you got this conviction about about what you want to do. We don't quite know it. 
um, we would like to fund you, right? So, so I resigned and my boss gave me money to go wow. and leave the company to go build this. this wow. You but, had, you know, had, that, that you, comes you, from that deep sense of clarity of what I wanted to do. That's amazing that they actually paid you to go because they believed in your own, in your vision. Um, most, most of us, uh, Mandan, I've been through stages in my life where I've had no idea what I'm good at, what I need to do, where I need to go, who I need to influence or change the world with, what I need to make better or worse. We all go through that, right? But when you came out of this and you had that clarity, you immediately got rewarded for it in terms of having the, <laughs> no, I'm not just talking about the money, but having the ability, this is like the greatest privilege that there is. Having the ability to determine your own future, to take control of your own destiny, that is a very rare thing. Most of us never get to experience that. Yeah. And, and, um, and this is, so I wrote a book now, it's published last week called Lead with Super Clarity, right? So mm -hmm. I'm just a big fan of, uh, you know, of clarity uh, for oneself's purpose, et cetera, et cetera. And, and acknowledging that it's hard to sort of land at that place of clarity. Mm -hmm. But I found when I had that clarity of what I wanted to do, even though, you know, like my group CEO at the time could not fully comprehend, but you can see when someone is really has got conviction about what they want to do. And, and, and normally, you know, I mean, he said this to me, we don't normally fund these sort of, uh, you know, services companies. Um, we, we find largely, you know, companies that are in their value chain, you know, mm. the tour trucks, et cetera, et cetera. But, but here we're just baking the horse uh, and the, the joking, not necessarily the horse, because we can sort of see that. And obviously we know your, your track record, we know your grid. So, so, so that's key. And there might be like, you know, funding at the back of, you know, someone clarifying, you know, what they really want to do. My fear is that most of us are sort of living in this state of acedia, which is, you know, almost like a, a, a stove, an oven and warm, right? Where because we don't we're not investing time to figure out what we really want to do, we're just kind of going along, um, which isn't ideal. Um, and also you get society, there's got many things, and, and over time we forget the our ability to choose. And when that happens, we learn to be helpless. And that's my biggest worry. And you know, if I could do anything, is to kind of urge people to go find that clarity of purpose, mission, why they want to wake up. Otherwise, you know, we start to learn to be helpless. And then you know what happens when once that goes down the, the line. So, Amanda, can your book help the rest of us to get some clarity? Because then we have to go out and buy it. It's called Lead with Super Clarity, yes. How Successful Leaders Achieve Exceptional Results. How did you write the book? What does it have in it for the rest of us? And, and, and why did you put it together? Because the why is sometimes the most important part. Yeah, uh, one, I'm convinced clarity is a superpower. I, I've seen when people are super clear, uh, they tend to do amazing things. Um, and when we are not clear, you know, we just, you know, a lot of terrible things happen. You know, one quick um, anecdote from the book as well. So I, uh, I played golf um, once with a former struggle hero. And I'm asking him, hey, what happened to our country? You know, you guys were you know, super convinced. Mm. These guys could risk everything, but they were clear what they wanted to do, right? They wanted to end apartheid. And, uh, you know, they will risk everything. They get a little bit of money, they reinvest it back into, into the movement. And he says, you know, there we had clarity of purpose. Now we just have money with no purpose and no direction. 
and see, look what's, what's happening to our country. Similarly, for all of us, without that deep sense of purpose and clarity, um, a deep sense of purpose and clarity on what we want to do, you know, a lot of potential is left untapped. So I wrote this book largely from a couple of things. One is I, I, I host a podcast called Super League Podcast. I've interviewed over, I've got, you know, over 100 episodes and just pulling themes from those exceptional leaders that I've interviewed. It's clear to me that, you know, one, they've got clarity sort of a purpose. They, they're able to communicate that clearly. Mm-hmm. You know, they sort of take actions, even though sometimes might be, you know, contrary to popular belief, but they will take actions that, that are lives to that, and they set up these reinforcing mechanisms to make sure that they stay on, on track. So that's sort of the, the framework. Then I went out and we commissioned the research to find out, hey, if your leaders were a little bit more clear on these elements, and people were telling me, you know, their performance will increase, you know, 70% or sub 100%, on average, it's kind of landed at about 72%. Yeah. So I thought people could perform better, and also, they told me you know, they'll be a lot happier, they'll be more engaged at work. Um, and I've observed these people that I've interviewed. I've seen it in, in my own life. I've seen it in the books I've read and unpacked on the show as well. Um, so I put it together to say, hey, it's about time, especially in this uncertain time, to go and invest in sort of finding you know, what you want to do and learn how to communicate that better and kind of sort of align your actions towards that single-minded yes. Amazing. I mean, that's, again, clarity, you're probably right. That is a superpower. Um, I I know people who can just immediately see what they want to do, what they have to do. They get it done really quickly. There's no confusion or distraction. They just know exactly what the path is to success. And and that is, it's a rare and special thing. If your book can help any of us to to hone that ability, because I think it's probably something we can all learn. Then, then that would be a good reason to read it. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, it's available on all good bookstores nationwide, as nice. we like to say. Yeah, nice. um, and all your version of that will be available on Audible in the next couple of weeks. I have a launch for the book on the 17th of September, um, which is sort of a combination of the launch plus a leadership summit. We've got, you know, we've got a lineup of speakers from Dr. Pumzile Mlambozuka, Nomza Mombata, Bruce Whitfield, you know, nice. just uh, about eight or so keynote speakers uh, on a full day at Mosaic. Um, yeah. uh, Manda, so, you know, Carl says here on the, on the subject of leadership, I would posit that this country's single biggest problem is a lack of leadership from the president down. So you are doing the Lord's work, according to Carl. Um, would you agree <laughs> with that? Would you say that we have a leadership vacuum? So... So, I'm an academic, so I, I stay away from, like, you know, blanket blanket statements as if, like, leadership is the only thing, right? So, I think leadership is one of the key pieces that could, that could help us as a country. Um, mm-hmm. There are pockets of excellence in the country, but, but I think if we were to just reflect on our country, we've got amazing, we've got rich resources, amazing people fantastic cultures. We are just a beautiful people. But I think um, sometimes we are let down by, by leadership. By leadership, not just, not just po- politically, in corporates, right? In, in, in teams where, where you've got a leader who's terrorizing their people, 
who, who's got all ideas of leading and, and you know, just backing orders with just no time to listen to anyone. We are seeing just a lot of mental health issues come out of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, so there are still, you know, pockets of excellence where there are people who are leading well and who are innovating, who are changing, you know, you know, the corners of societies that they find themselves in. In short, we do have a, we, we have, there's a gap. There, there, there's, a, there's, there's, there's a gap, I think, in most instances when it comes to leadership. It's not all, you know, wrong, if it were. Well, look at this. Uh, George Meany's just bought your book on Kindle, and I think he's not the only one. <laughs> he says only 10%. Uh, only 10% of the companies in the world, says George, are led properly. That's Jim Collins. This also extends to governments, which are merely just big monopolistic companies. That's about right. So I yeah. think, you know, you were being diplomatic too because there yeah. is there, – no, but, there, but there's a part of this that you have to be diplomatic about because no one believes when they're in leadership that they shouldn't be there. They might have moments of self-doubt, but no one wants to admit that they are not the man for the job, right? They always believe like, yeah. I'll, I'll pull this off. I'll get this right. And that goes for CEOs and for politicians. Yeah, 100%. So there's a fantastic book, um, and we spoke about it in, in one, of, you know, one of our episodes. Patrick Lencioni talks about, you know, there's likely two types of sort of leadership uh, leaders. Like there are those who are reward-centered leaders, and there are those who are responsibility-centered leaders. Reward-centered leaders, to a very large extent, they're in it for what they can get, and the responsibility leaders, you know, they are there to serve a cause, a community, the people. And, and really the, the proposal is that if you realize and if it dawns on you that you're just in this to advance your career or to make your CV look better or to get a bigger office and get a bigger title, for goodness sake, quit and go find something you can do wholeheartedly to serve a meaningful cause, to serve people. Um, rather than just kind of extract. And I think in this day and age, we're looking for leaders who can add value rather than just extract from organizations and teams. That's such a good point. All right, well, I've dominated this whole conversation. Poor Candice and Ryan haven't had a chance to go at it, and I'm sure they both have questions for you because both of them are young people who want to advance themselves in the world, who have ideas around leadership. What do you want to ask, Manda? You've got access to this brilliant brain for a, a couple of minutes. Go for it. Okay, I'll go first. (laughs) No, but Manda, I think the one thing that I really love is that you're highlighting the importance of clarity. And, you know, I want to know, actually, before you you went on the silent retreat for the four days, where where was your mindset as opposed to once you got up, which we know that you decided to do something? Yeah, so... Before that, uh, I was like, you know, I'm passionate about leadership and I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a leader and, you know, I want to... So I, I started a podcast on leadership um, in 2017. So I was describing myself as this person um, who is sort of, you know, passionate about leadership. But um, my, my reality was over here. Uh, to a large extent, I was selling car insurance. And, and yet I'm professing to be there. You find this often. People will be like, you know, I'm passionate about ending hunger in, in I don't know, in sub-Saharan Africa. But, you know, they are over there, but their dreams are over there. So, so that's where I was. So I felt torn in that I'm, I'm like, and I will do this leadership summit, I'll do this podcast, and I will just come alive when, when that happens. 
And yes, I was able to run a business successfully, but but that 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 tearing on the inside got that much bigger. That's when I said, okay, time out. Let's just pause. Let's figure out what's going going on here. Because I had a career path, right? You know, I could have grown, um, you know, you know, from one layer to another in corporate, and that would have worked beautifully. Um, and you know, we wouldn't even know if there was any issue on the inside. But the but I had to be honest with myself. I'm passionate about this, yet I'm over here. Oh, I love that. And I, I can't see Ryan, but I'm going to steal your question, Ryan, because I'm just scared about no, one more thing. <laughs> and, you know, clarity is something that you can get in a moment, right? Like Gareth was also talking about it, that there were times in life where he was just like, what am I doing? I've had those times. I'm sure Ryan has too. So do you have like a practice that you implement on a day-to-day to maintain that clarity and clear mindset? Because I mm. think that's hard to do, maintaining that line of clarity, even though you've once had that spark of it. No, 100%. So that's why, in, uh, so what I call super clarity, it's not just sort of that moment of insight. It's, it's a combination of that insight plus, you know, these reinforcing mechanisms um, you know, for instance, I can't, I can't now go and 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 do something else. You know, I, I got a podcast. I'm committed to do a book on every Friday on Trip Center. <laughs> <laughs> and then, are there days that I don't feel like reading a leadership books, a leadership book? Yes, and I want to just read a novel. Um, but there's a show. You know how quickly a Friday comes around. It's amazing. So I have a show, right? I've got coaching clients, I've got all of these things. So these things sort of reinforce um, the, the original idea. I could have had the insight about clarity if I didn't take an aligned action of saying to my boss, this is great, but I want to leave. Um, I think normally most people get are stuck there. Um, they, they have a moment of clarity, but just that first step. And what I learned, you take the first step, then it just reinforces the next. It reinforces the next. I, you know, I get asked by clients all the time, say, hey, why don't you come work for us? Uh, and I'm like, yeah, I've got a team of 20 uh, consultants. Uh, what am I going to do with them? So, <laughs> so <laughs> even though I want to do that, right, I have a course already at Gibbs that I must run, you know, uh, you know, in November. So those structures sort of reinforce that same clarity. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, Ra- Ryan, go for it. You get the last word. I just, I just find it fascinating. Like, how how would you tell someone? Because I'm a lot of my, like my generation right now is very, uh, they have like short attention spans. How do you just like focus on on this clarity that that you speak of? Because I mean, I spoke to somebody about this the other day. We we're talking about reading books, and I said, "Why do you like reading books?" And they said, "Because if I read on a device, notifications come through, and I'm distracted." And I found that very interesting because I never thought about it like that. But how how does one like? Do you need to go through that silent um, course that you did, or you know, like what what does someone like me do to focus more on it? So, I don't know if that so makes sense. Is, I know this is good, but this is the hardest piece, right? And this is why you know majority are not leading in that sort of super clear space. Um, you know, I'm up at about three a.m. in the morning pretty much every day. And what that allows me is to read, is to focus, is to do things that I can 
do without a lot of distraction. So my advice will be craft time. Um, it could be late in the afternoon. It could, it could be early in the morning. It could be any, you know, anything that might work for you. Um, but you do want to kind of spend some time alone without the notification. So, so for me, I find that sanctuary, if you were, um, around 3 a.m. So from 3 to about like sort of 7 or so, you know, I get I get a lot of mileage. And then from 8 on, you know, my team is calling me in all kinds of meetings, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I will have had that mileage. You know, I will have had time to pray, right. time to kind of meditate, time to think matters through. Um, what's, what's giving us a lot of problems, I think, in society is that we're not having enough time to think through issues. So someone says this, then we very quickly respond without without really thinking about the unintended consequences. Well, Manda, I'm afraid we're out of time. And uh, Candice and Ryan, always good to have you two on and uh, to share this conversation. I think this has been really, really helpful. There have been a lot of people here who've said amazing guests. We really love this. Um, and I couldn't agree more. Get Manda's book. It is called Lead with Super Clarity. How Successful Leaders Achieve Exceptional Results. You can get it right now on Amazon.com or at good bookstores. And we'll catch up with you again soon, Manda. Thank you. Super. Thank you.